Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And we all want to improve our sleep. Uh, and Ibiza is a destination notorious to be one that people don't really tend to spend a lot of time horizontal or appreciating uh, the luxurious accommodations that they've booked here. Um, and often there's also people here working a season on the island um, and they often work very shonky hours with very irregular sleep patterns Um, and I've been to this island and spent a week relying on Valium and sleeping pills in my 20s to try and find the ability to get into the land of Nod Um, and according to reports there have been a tripling in the sleep aid uh, prescriptions for young adults since the late 1990s with transient insomnia affecting up to 80% of the population and chronic insomnia afflicting 15%. Now that big old side effect list comes with those aids is absolutely brutal Um, and what is a common misconception is that it's not quantity but the quality of sleep that matters. Um, So if you really want as Americans put it to hack your sleep or find a way to sleep that will allow you to wake up feeling really refreshed and reinvigorated um, then we're about to catch up with a man who has some good little tips and a whole lot of life experience to improve our sleep after working as a DJ his whole life. So as someone that has worked um, most of my professional career years uh, on a breakfast show or in um, a TV newsroom back in the day, getting up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, um, and most of my career was sort of during my 20s and early 30s, sleep was a real issue for me. And the earlier I had to get up, when I first got my job um, after university at CNN, um, in the London Bureau working on World Business this morning. My taxi used to come at 4.40am. And when I used to go to bed at like, yeah, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, I just found myself clock watching and literally dreading the moment that I, I would, you know, the alarm would go off at 4am. And insomnia um, soon arrived on the scene. So I do really understand this topic of sleep and how crucial uh, trying to make those um, deep sleep hours count is and I was absolutely fascinated um, when I saw today's guest um, doing a lecture at the IMS the International Music Summit here on Ibiza last month um, and is, is someone I've actually met before um, in other parts of the world great music gigs so it really was great when uh, Mr Tom Middleton agreed Uh, to do the interview for today's show. So I'm really excited to have him on as today's guest. And we sadly um, didn't manage to catch up at the IMS um, face-to-face. So we are going to be listening to today's podcast on Skype, which is something I've never done before, but it um, hopefully will be turning out okay. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited and interested to be talking about the topic that is the science of sleep. Don't go away. So this is the first time um, I've ever recorded one of these uh, Reset Rebel podcasts uh, on Skype uh, and through the power of the, uh, the World Wide Web. So I'm very, very excited uh, about today's podcast and we are going to be catching up with 
British record producer uh, based in the UK. He's currently in London and is also a sound architect, a psychoacoustic sound designer, an electronic neoclassical composer, and most recently a trained sleep science coach, which is where uh, he recently came to my attention at the IMS, the International Music Summit here in Ibiza, uh, just a month ago. And you might just be a little bit kind of surprised and um, confused by those uh, titles that we've just given to him. Uh, But Mr. Tom Middleton is joining us live on the line from London, and um, we're going to sort of explain a little bit more uh, in today's show about some of our backgrounds and how we sort of met through music. But um, first and foremost, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Hope you slept well. <laughs> well, I ask everyone now. It's, uh, it comes a bit boring. Like, how did you sleep? And then that starts the whole conversation. <laughs> how did you sleep? Well, I slept horizontally, thank you. How about you? Um, well, yes, exactly the same, in fact, <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> I mean, it must become, yeah, a, a mild sort of um, obsession, which we'll talk about in a second. But just to go back a step before we jump into the uh, the wonderful topic of sleep, which um, I can't wait to talk to you about. But I mean, Tom, we met in Paris, actually, very, very long time ago now at the um, at the Smirnoff Experience series um, at La Cigale, I believe it was, um, when Mark Ronson was um, kind of uh, rearranging the entire back catalogue of the Duran Duran Um, sort of series of music over the years which was an incredible event and I just remember catching up with you I think it was at one of the press conferences in a nearby hotel and um, we had a really lovely chat actually at the back of the room one time and that's kind of how we originally met and obviously we didn't unfortunately have the pleasure of catching up at the IMS but I was quite you know fascinated really by this transformation that you've obviously taken from a man that probably got very little little sleep, which is probably what drove you, I guess, to maybe have such an amazing fascination with this with this science. Um, but you know, how did you? What what made you kind of um, explore the kind of um, the wide topic that is, um, is sleep deprivation and how to sort of optimize or biohack your sleep? Well, from relentless touring as a DJ and producing and uh, performing over well, it must be 28 years really, um, but halfway through I definitely started feeling the, uh, the effects of a build-up of jet lag, um, sleep disruption from working in the studio um, and trying to balance that with being a parent as well. Very, very difficult. Mm. Up all night. I bet. Um, and then back to, to dad mode first thing in the morning. Now that's, that's a, a recipe for grumpy dad mode if ever there was one. So <laughs> didn't really get along with that and neither did, did my... my uh, my kids, so I thought it's time to sort of reassess this. And over the last five to seven years, I've been getting more and more interested in it as a topic, um, just because it makes sense. It's kind of logical that as the pillar of what, one of the fundamental pillars of wellness, if you get your sleep right, you're just going to be a better human being all around. Um, and I was working with a, a brand called Yotel on um, a launch of their smart mattress. And they created a really nice um, visual narrative, which was filming people in slow motion. And, and it just looked brilliant. And the idea was, well, let's, let's launch the mattress. But to do that, let's talk about sleep and making people sleepy by looking and listening to this, um, uh, this, this visual. Um, and in doing that, I just uncovered this whole world of sleep music, um, binaural beats, ASMR, like a, a real kind of multitude of things that are 
possibly things, but not necessarily backed with any real science. Um, but with huge following, I mean, ASMR, if you ever, ever check that out, it's absolutely bonkers. What is it? Autonomous sensory meridian response. So this is an actual thing, as in like, almost crazy numbers on YouTube. There are some very, very um, uh, big YouTubers that all they do is whisper into a binaural stereo microphone. And if you're wearing headphones, the effect is basically 360 degrees of sound immersion. So the sound will be around you. So if someone's kind of uh, whispering to the left side of the microphone, you hear it really intimately in your left ear. And the result of this is that it triggers what's called a pilo erection. Excuse me. Oh, what? We want. <laughs> Um, so when the, Sorry. When the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, it's called a pilo erection. And uh, this is going to be an interesting podcast. Oh, dear God. It? Whispering sweet uh, nothings into that microphone. Yeah. Brain tingles, brain gasm, uh, all these words to describe that, that tingling sensation if someone gives you a head massage um, or just the proximity of someone whispering next to your ear. And this goes back to you know, when you're a kid. And your parents are sort of whispering gently to you, rocking you and, and soothing you by stroking your hair. That that sensation um, triggers this um, serotonin and dopamine hormonal secretion, which obviously makes you feel safe, secure, and, and um, can can make you feel sleepy. So there's this whole world on YouTube of ASMR. Um, what would you call them? ASMRers? I don't know, but. They, it, it tends to kind of fall into a, a really strange sort of subcult. Um, they tend to be young ladies, not wearing too much, and possibly <laughs> appealing to a, a male gaming community. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm generalising a bit here, but I'm just reading between the lines. I mean, um, and and they're you're using things like um, hairbrushes, um, getting um, a soft brush, paintbrush and gently kind of brushing it on the sides of the microphone. And so obviously the effect of this is as if you're getting these sensations directly into your ears. And because it's so intimate and the microphone is so sensitive, you actually get these kind of brain tingles and, and um, shivers and, and pilo erections all over your body. So um, <laughs> be careful using that word. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm such a child. I can't quite, uh, yeah, can't really listen to that word without having a little smirk. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds um, like a yeah. Sounds uh... so. So this this is a thing, and I was fascinated by this this whole world, the subculture of ASMR. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, there's, I think Spotify even have an ASMR playlist now. I mean, it's it's, it's literally uh, taking off. Uh, there's apps for it as well. So that's one facet of what people use to help them get to sleep. There's another thing which is binaural beats. Now, I've recently uh, met with a cognitive neuroscientists who dispelled all of that and said it's actually very difficult to use these um, particular frequency tones, if you like, that are played um, at different frequencies on, but on um, different channels of your headphones. And the result of, let's say, um, 97 and uh, 100 hertz on the right side would be this difference of 3 hertz. Now, that 3 hertz um, difference is supposedly going to entrain your brainwaves, neuromodulate you, and affect um, the, the, the speed of your brain. And the idea is that it can slow you down and make you feel more relaxed and more tired. However, it doesn't really work, and there's no real science to back it up. 
Um, so that one I kind of sacked as, as um, pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough evidence on that. I'm only really interested in, in what's out there that really delivers. So I basically got to the bottom line, which is that resting heart rate um, between 60 and 90 beats per minute um, can be modulated by rhythmic entrainment in that if you play or listen, play back some sounds with, with a subliminal uh, rhythm that is slower than your resting heartbeat, eventually you fall into the pattern of that and your heart rate slows down. Um, equally, your respiration rate lowers, your um, blood pressure comes down, your cortisol levels reduce, and it initiates the parasympathetic nervous system um, response which is basically relaxation mechanism so i love this okay great so we can use we can use rhythmic entrainment and then there are other bits of um psychology that are being employed to do with triggering an emotional response using experience so if i say the word sunset to you you will immediately make a connection of most likely a positive experience you had watching a sunset it was probably warm and it was probably relaxing you know, 90% of the time, that would be the association The association you would make. Immediately you say the word, it fills your head with those kind of thoughts. So I'm utilising um, psychology, um, psychoacoustics, which is um, how sound affects us psychologically, um, cognitively, uh, behaviourally, emotionally and physiologically. Using all of that together with my 28 years of experience as a performer and a producer and I've created an album, a suite of tools to help you relax and feel more sleepy before going to bed and part of this is understanding how sleep works, what is sleep. I just got fascinated by um, a a book by um, Professor Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep, uh, The New Science of uh, Sleep and Dreams and this is a very revealing, quite a scary book because it underpins all of the negative impacts of sleep deprivation, which is a pretty shocking list. Um, I went to his lecture, actually, and the first thing, the first slide that came up was basically quite clever. It deliberately arrested half of the the listeners in the audience, and it was a slide aimed at at the men. And it basically said, sleep disruption, suboptimal sleep, will reduce the size of your testicles and basically um, make you as virile as a man um, 10 years your senior. Now imagine the thought, you're looking at this slide and you're listening to this, the preeminent sleep scientist on this earth saying, your testicles are going to shrink and you're going to be a rubbish lover. (laughs) That's definitely going to work. That's a way to get people's attention. I'm sure it did. Grips. Um, and it sort of, yeah, it sort of uh, spirals into this this world of, of doom, and it's very scary. You know, sleep disrupted sleep, and is that something you were experiencing, Tom? Did that is that what kind of nudged you into action? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be honest. I mean, these are the questions we ask on this podcast. Never even <laughs> noticed or checked, to be honest. Um, so, so since that, obviously, you do want to get your I was going to say I mean you don't want you don't want to be thinking hold on a minute what if (laughs) 
So, <laughs> but you know, there must be a lot of DJs then that are suffering from those those side effects because you know, obviously, the nature of the job is a lot of jet lag and a lot of travelling, like you say, and a lot of lack of sleep and crazy hours and insomnia as a result of all of that. You know, and that must be something that that you know, particular kind of um, kind of music. Well, that's, that's a great. That's a great. Um, well, you could slide just slide on a deck, isn't it? Wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't see that one at the IMS about the testicles. Why didn't you bring that up? Well, I certainly did. Yeah, it was on my first slide along with the, the other very scary things. I mean, it is categorically uh, going to give you, if, if your circadian cycle is disrupted, in other words, if your body doesn't know clearly the difference between daytime activity and nighttime inactivity because you've disrupted it and confused it by mm -hmm. stimulating it with light and staying awake with stimulants uh, and being in a state of hyper arousal using um, digital um, screens and technology your body gets confused and you disrupt your circadian your natural circadian cycle mm -hmm. now that is a big problem mm. um and that's what you were talking about the ims wasn't it it, it was this whole yeah, I mean, issue of when that all gets the, out of whack Exactly, and clearly there is this um, very, very um, worrying link between disrupted circadian um, clock and mental health. Mm -hmm. so bipolar disorder, um, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, mood swings, anxiety, depression. It, it's it's not it's not looking good. Sleep disruption, night shift work, the DJ life. It's almost guaranteed that, in to some degree or another, you will have some mental health problems. So, given that it's so necessary for us to be better human beings and to not get into the situation where um, our health is being compromised physically and mentally, um, time to address it, to open the conversation, broaden the dialogue, extend out the reach of um, advocates. Uh, talking about it and saying, well, what can we do? Because you know, the tragedy of, of poor Tim and mm. being in a, in a world where he's pushed to the limit and beyond, um, probably against his his instincts and his will um, for the sake of business, and the Terrifying. fact that mm. you know there is no duty of care and um, music industry. Um, social responsibility for artists and musicians mm. you know mental and physical health is being compromised due to sleep disruption um and what's being done about it I so the same, was wonderful this year because it did it did open these conversations um, and i think it embraced a lot of the, the topics that that are, have needed to be talked about um i was super impressed with um pete tong i mean how much respect do we have for this gentleman anyway but then to be so transparent about his own challenges and struggles, the ups and downs of the industry and, and how it's affected you know, personal life, relationships, business life. Um, it needed someone at that level to be really open and transparent and say, look, I, I've, I've suffered myself. Um, it's a thing. We need to address it. We need to be brave. And, and I mean, um, for the people that weren't there, Tom, I mean, tell us what Pete was saying because obviously, you know, a lot of people weren't at the MS that are, that are listening to this podcast. So, you know, he said that he'd suffered, obviously, various different issues. But you know, he's given up drinking in the last year, and he was kind of, you know, showing us that it was quite difficult to lead that DJ lifestyle with also, you know, all, all the free drinks that were 
normally on offer when he goes to these different venues around the island, people kind of looking at him like he was some kind of madman, turning down his usual drinks at Mambo, for example. So, I mean, it was kind of interesting, as you say, exactly that for a man of his sort of stature and his, you know, standing in the business to be kind of, yeah, being very, very brutally honest about the, the side effects of the lifestyle of a DJ. What, what else was he telling us? Because I didn't catch all of his speeches. No, likewise, I, I, sadly, I, I had um, some other engagements. Um, I believe everything's online now. Um, so, you know, anyone that's listening that wants to sort of dive into the, um, the debate and catch up on some of the keynotes, uh, everything's on there. My keynote's on there. Um, it's it's great. Really, really sort of substantial stuff this year. Um, amazing content. Um, the nuts of it is really to do with... We're back on the nuts again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what... What are we doing to address mental health in the music industry, um, and why? Why do people have to die? Yeah, <laughs> chasing someone... the dream. That was like the, the take-home line. It shouldn't have been about that, and you needed a. Well, you didn't need it at all, but to have these um, high-profile artists taking their own lives. Is there just a reflection of, of a, an industry that's kind of at odds with itself, um, and, and the fact that no one within the industry wants to take any responsibility? Um, we heard from a number of managers that regularly have to deal with um, talent that are on the edge, that are having their own mental and physical health challenges. Um, and what can they really do? And it seems to me and to everyone else that uh, creating an infrastructure where there is a, a set of tools, resources, helplines. Um, it's so needed. Um, um, just give me one second whilst I just grab this website up here. Did you, did you go through the glory days though yourself? I mean, on tour where, you know, all the riders provided. I mean, I, you know, I have been in that kind of world a fair bit myself. And whenever you go behind the decks, it is just like, you know, buckets of booze and you know, whatever else really that um, you might require to stay awake for the hours uh, for your set and to stay up until 4 or 6 a.m. when you're, you know, you're going on. Um, and that is just, that was just bog-standard bog standard practice, really, for the last sort of 20, 30, or however many years it's been. But it's yeah, just, you know... Yeah, and, and then, and, but it extends further than that. So it's not just staying up to do, deliver your set, but it's that um, expectation that afterwards you go to an after party and probably play for free for another three or four hours or more. So actually, you stayed awake for nearly two days. And some, you know, there these, these legendary kind of after parties and uh, manumission motel, etc., etc., where things just go on and on and on and on. For, for, for it starts on the weekend and ends midweek. I don't know how people manage that, and there are obviously a lot of casualties now. Um, the good news, and there is some good news, is that I think millennials are taking their health and wellness, um, mental health and physical health, much more seriously. I mean, we, we see a lot of advocates for um, wellness, fitness, um, yoga, uh, lifestyle. Um, coaches and gurus and experts that are coming through in this whole area of um, mindful self-care which is really encouraging um, and you know, I, I know from just chatting to people of that um, generation it's no longer necessarily the thing 
you know, to do to go partying, you can you can go partying clean and and be on a natural high, and from the other activities you're practicing, maybe meditation, maybe um, you know clean eating and clean living, you can get where you want, um, energized from dancing. Bradley Gun Raver, right? You know, doesn't drink, just dances and raves all his way around the planet. Amazing mm. as a kind of testament to the fact that. You don't need stimulants. You don't need things to, to keep you going. It's about energy and, and passion and love for the music. And maybe um, if the next generation are changing their attitudes to consumption of, of um, narcotics mm-hmm. in the, in the, for entertainment and recreation in favor of natural highs and, and being more sort of conscious and aware of their bodies and their mind states and how um, different practices such as yoga and meditation um and five rhythms dance you know all these traditional tribal celebrations of music and dancing together can actually deliver that connectedness and that sensation of euphoria and bliss without the need for um, enhancers so i'm quite encouraged from you know where we are going with this and the fact that the conversation's open now and let's say this this general the the old guard uh, of heritage talent uh, are all sort of saying, we're, yeah, we, we're clean living now and we're, we're into fitness and health. You, know, you need ambassadors at that level, the A-listers that are saying, no, I don't drink, uh, don't take anything. I'm staying awake just naturally and I exercise during the week and I eat uh, well, um, very sort of super hydrated. All these practices that help you um, navigate your way through <laughs> uh, a world of oh, temptation and potential party mayhem. I mean, oh, challenging to say the least. It's like the labyrinth here in Ibiza, there's no doubt about it. And I think, um, you know, obviously I love all of the things that you're suggesting and, and these ambassadors and this idea that you could maybe even get up at like three or four in the morning and have a double espresso and then head off to, you know, high or or any of these, like, you know, DC-10s or whatever. And I, I have done it myself, or I've even had some, like, ceremonial grey cacao and kind of, you know, thrown myself into a party. But the fact of the matter is that pretty much 98% of the dance floor at that time of the morning in Ibiza are completely off the heads. And even if the DJ is completely stone-cold sober, I think it is going to take... I don't know about other places in the world, but there is just something about this island that does sort of lend itself maybe to yeah it just feels like it's going to take a long time to change the game you know I love this idea that there's a real focus on this now and there's a lot of people talking about it and absolutely the millennials are the most health conscious you know um bunch that ever you know ever existed and there's a real change it's not actually that cool to be getting smashed all the time these days and have a constant hangover and be boozing away merrily all day long and I think people do you know and are more mindful in the way they go out and party. Um, but there is still, you know, a majority contingent over here that are going out and taking all the drugs and drinking all the booze. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that will ever change really. There's always going to be that. And, you know, the people aren't going to start. Of course, there's, you know, um, security on the, the door and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, boozing and uh, whatever else is kind of highly encouraged, it seems, almost by the nightlife industry still in some sectors. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's... it's and it makes lots of money out of it. 
and that's you know obviously the primary reason why why it it continues and you know there's a lot of money being made particularly in Ibiza from absolutely. you know the, the yep. booze industry and uh, yeah, absolutely and the drug dealers you know that's just uh, the way it is and I don't know you know when that it will is, change or yeah predominantly the business I mean mm. equally there is this new you know association with um, let's say maybe the roots of Ibiza coming through which is about more of a mindful spiritual connection. Um, so it's bizarre, isn't it, that you can go to Ibiza on a yoga retreat or a detox and then go and retox yeah. <laughs> on the weekend or midweek at For one sure. of the, the, the super clubs. Well, my next retreat, we're going to pop into DC 10 from like 8 till 10 to the closing in October. But it's like, you know, we'll pop in or have a drink or dance it out and get high on our own, like, you know, energy on awesome. the dance floor and then we'll yeah, just leave yeah. and we're, we're going to go there on bicycles because it's a yoga and cycling retreat we're going to cycle there we're going to jump in and then we're going to get a transfer back to the back to the villa and i think like there's just so many different ways to party i mean we'll we'll be so yeah. high after a day of cycling and a great big dinner after that and then just to jump in there for four hours of power when the terrace shuts and all goes inside which is not my favorite part of any of the sort of more fun daytime clubs you know, once the terrace closes, for me, whether it's Woo Moon, DC10, um, any of those kind of more daytime environments, like, I don't, you know, I'm not so keen of the after dark, after midnight, I'm a little bit like Cinderella, but I think there's something very magical that kind of unfolds during the kind of more outside daytime alfresco vibes, which are just like amazing. If you can go in there and just have like a drink or even just completely stone cold sober, it's the, the energy that you get back from being in the crowd and just, you know, moving your body just is unbelievable. And I think also, you know, once you have been one of these people that kind of has indulged in the past, like I think you can definitely hit a phase when you've danced for long enough to kind of recreate that feeling in the body and that kind of muscle memory almost that kind of reminds oh, you. Um, and, and you sort of think about um, some of the sort of transformational um pranayama yogic breathing practices i mean i've been switched on to some techniques that simply through pattern breathing and dancing at the same time you can get into all kinds of head spaces and mind states and out of body experiences um, ecstatic experiences mm-hmm. um, without the need for anything at all um, it's just you know learning a new way learning learning how your body works naturally um trying some of these um, practices that actually release dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin um, naturally um, just through movement and breath. I mean, mm. it's, it's quite astonishing how you know, the power of sound, music, movement, breath, um, that cocktail can deliver. Cocktail. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. The healthiest cocktail that ever existed. <laughs> Breath and movement. Amazing. But it is ridiculous. You know, like, like you were saying about the five rhythms, like I went on Chris Connors, who's a, an amazing human being. He ran a, a five rhythms retreat actually last September, which I went on. I've been going to his sessions for, you know, the last few years up in San, San Juan. And yeah, just I, I, I don't know how I managed to dance for 12 hours a day for like five days. And at the end of that, I actually went to the high closing party and I didn't even have a drink. And I stayed there till six in the morning. My body was absolutely screaming when we finished the retreat. But yeah. by four, five, six in the morning, I was just so high. I couldn't have gotten any higher on my own human right. human self <laughs> by, yeah. with nothing other than just exactly that. Just the crowd and the energy and the movement and the breath and... 
it is just incredible, you know, the highs that you can hit when you, you know, make a vow to just try and sort of stay in the, in the natural state and see where that can take you. And it can take you to some absolutely mental places, the highs I've, you know, ecstatic dance. I know that sounds like such a ridiculous <laughs> thing for a lot of people. They're like, ecstatic dance, that, you know, what is that? But um, actually, it is one of the most amazing things. And there's a lot of it in Ibiza, a hell of a lot. La Nave and um, a lot of other sort of private villas have a lot of ecstatic dance parties going on. And Karim Rahini, one of the Dutch DJs that puts on those parties. And, you know, they are an amazing thing. Uh, I mean, I suppose part of it is that if one could disassociate any of the, um, let's say, uh, inverted commas, hippie overtones with some of this stuff, mm. um, the new age spiritual uh, negative connotations, it's the, it's the branding of this stuff sometimes makes it um, difficult for people to, to swallow. Um, when actually, if you look at the, the philosophy, the, the science and uh, the intention behind it it's so powerful mm. i mean people would have incredible experiences if they did make that decision right let's let's go and have a clean week in ibiza and just try um and experience it completely straight mm. completely natural Amazing. and just use you know water breath and movement um as the tools um and maybe some visualization maybe you would need guidance i think but that would be amazing if um, a super club decided to um, em- embrace that as a kind of alternative. I guess that's never going to happen, is it? They want Not to sell alcohol. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But one day, one can dream. I tell you what, though, because um, I have I spend most of my winters in um, in India in Goa, and there's a lot of ecstatic dance there, and there's a lot of yeah. um, contact dance. I did a contact dance festival one year for for a week, and. I, te- I tell you what, after 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours of dancing a day, I had more trouble sleeping then, after that, than I did uh, when I used to get back from DC10 when I, in my 20s. Like, I actually was so overstimulated by my own body's natural highs than I was trying to get off to sleep, I think, after ingesting all sorts of other things. So I think, yeah, it's an interesting thing, like, you know, the states and the altered states and the higher kind of consciousness and, and places you can go and that stimulate you just as much or even more um so it's a fascinating thing so going back to the sleep thing um what what are your sort of major tips then for winding down for really trying to get to that optimum sort of sleep phase because i also read that you know basically it's not necessarily the quantity of sleep that we're all obsessed by in the western world that we need our eight hours and that's our absolute you know optimum but actually it's really more about the quality of sleep so even four hours of like really high quality sleep is just as good as eight of kind of slightly patchy um patchy sleep yeah it do you know what it's, it's contentious there's new research every day um someone's saying something else how many hours you're supposed to get um i read literally like about a week ago that um eight hours is not enough because we don't actually get um the full sleep experience in our beds sometimes we sleep or nap during the day or we have like micro sleeps um so it's really contentious the eight hours number um again it's a number that's kind of been conjured up really and this is my research multiples of sleep cycles make more sense that feels more logical it feels more appropriate and my own experience and practice Um, I feel more refreshed if I have multiples of sleep cycles. Now, if an average sleep cycle is about 90 minutes, 
five sleep cycles is seven and a half hours. So I try and aim for at least seven and a half hours, and I wake up feeling super refreshed, super energized, and, and ready for action. Equally, there are times when um, I'm just in creative mode and I'm you know going for it and possibly pulling a bit of a late one, and I'll have four sleep cycles, and that's clocking in at six hours. I won't feel necessarily um, particularly tired. I'll still awake feeling refreshed. So I think there's more research to be done on um, quality of sleep and sleep cycles in relation to sort of duration. Um, nine hours, a lot of people love their nine hours. Um, some people can, can even clock up ten, but some scientists are saying that ten hours is too much and that will actually reduce your longevity. So, you know, bottom line, all the research I've read, only you know how much sleep you really need. Your body will tell you if you listen to it. If you're yawning and you're tired during the day, you haven't had enough. That's the, the main take home. Whatever anyone says about seven to nine hours or the golden holy grail eight hours, I don't think it's appropriate. Only you really know and your body will let you know. Um, in terms of the quality of your sleep, now that's really interesting because within your sleep architecture, you go through a repetition of phases. So it's stage one, stage two, stage three, stage two, stage one, REM sleep, repeat. So in those phases, you get deeper and deeper. So stage three, um, delta wave, or slow wave sleep. That's where you need to get to for the, the let's say, the brain repair, where your brain will flush out the, um, the plaque, beta amyloid, which an accumulation over a lifetime, um, can, the consequence of that is, is Alzheimer's. So if you don't get into the, uh, the brain flush phase of sleep, there is the possibility that you might be more susceptible to Alzheimer's. So there's some interesting things that happen when your body is in deep sleep. That's the most difficult um, level of sleep to, to actually achieve because of noise disruption, uh, maybe your partner's snorer, um, the number of things that can trigger and bring you out of, um, sorry, stimulate you out of the deep sleep um, zone is, is quite a lot. You know, How easy is it to now. get back? You know, say, for example, yeah, like you said, your partner's snoring. And when you kind of wake up and after you've kind of beaten them up, how do you, you know, how quickly do you get back into that deep sleep phase? Um, actually, the, the, it, there is a, a, a thinking that you can fall quite quickly back into it. However, rather than having to worry about that, there are just some simple tools. So light disruption is one thing. You need to have a, a completely dark bedroom. I, I like to talk about paleo sleep. I liked the uh, the idea of eat paleo, um, which is obviously a bit faddy, but there's something about that that semi feels right if you think about it. Um, so paleo sleep to me is the idea that your caveman would wake up in his east-facing cave, the sunlight pouring in, waking up naturally. So that's the start of the uh, cortisol hit. Time to move, time to be active, the active part of the day. He goes out hunting, gathering, getting his um, woolly mammoth steak for dinner for the night. Um, off he heads back with a bag of, of nuts and berries and, and uh, woolly mammoth steak to, uh, to eat. Um, heads to the cave as night is falling. 
um, not only because it's a, a safe retreat, but because as soon as darkness falls, your eyes are basically brilliant. They do this little trick and, and kickstart the melatonin secretion um, process. And the melatonin is basically uh, at the onset of darkness, it's saying time to go to bed. We're going to get sleepy now. And that's activated by a lack of light. So it all went wrong for humans as a species when Thomas Edison uh, electrified the night with um, artificial sunlight. And so we've kind of been kept up half the night with this stimulation and melatonin is suppressed. So in order to get your body into a really good rhythm, you have to try and follow a routine that helps prepare your body for a better night's sleep. So getting the lights down in your house, like red light is good, um, low dim light, avoid the blue, white, bright lights of most bulbs and LED lamps. I mean, the, there's some great kind of new technology that can actually be used, like Philips Hue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you can set your lights to go dim and to go into the orange-red spectrum, that will really help let's say, get your body prepared for uh, sunset and sleep. Um, then wearing an eye mask, really simple thing, totally works for me. My, my combination is an eye mask and some earplugs. But um, I've got custom fit earplugs, best investment of my life. I'm not joking. If any, anything that I've ever bought um, as a tool for health and wellness, number one, custom fit earplugs. Absolutely amazing, uh, literally um, life-changing when you can um, exclude all of those disruptive frequencies and yet still hear a child if you need to or an alarm call. I you know, it's those, um, about that. <laughs> Daddy daycare the, over there. <laughs> um, you know, urban noise urban or noise. unpleasant, disruptive industrial noise. Mm -hmm. uh, anything like that will disrupt your sleep. So turning all of that down with earplugs is good. Getting rid of any unnatural light, light pollution and noise pollution, um, they're the key tricks, really. And then it's looking at your routine. So if you're not getting enough sleep, my idea is let's let's rethink your, your nighttime routine and try and get you to bed an hour earlier. So if you, everyone still has to get up for work um, at the same time and you're not getting enough sleep, it stands to reason that the logic is go to bed an hour earlier. So my album Sleep Better is designed to be played an hour before you would normally go to bed. Um, and the idea is that it will make you start feeling sleepy. Um, you'll read up about sleep hygiene best practice, start um, in deploying it and implementing it in your home. Uh, you make your bedroom a sanctuary for sleep. You remove all the tech from it. You get some oxygenating plants in there. Basically make it a zone for sleep and bedroom intimacy and avoid everything else from that room. Back to that again. Yeah. I think, you know, that is a is a cracking idea in theory, but I think, you know, for example, like new mums, you know, they, they really do really suffer mentally, I think, from what I'm experiencing here at the moment. I've got a lot of friends that just have babies and they're all they're all just like really losing it, to be honest with you, from this extreme lack of sleep and it's yeah, it just really is just such a a mood changer isn't it when you're just losing all that sleep and there's a lot of people really really suffering on this island from lack of sleep and I think you know they're never gonna probably do half the stuff that you've just suggested which is all sounding very sensible and very 
yeah, like obviously great advice. Um, but I think in, in terms of like people that are maybe only able to make very small, subtle changes, what, what would what would the advice for them be if they can't start tinkering with light bulbs and getting their oxygenated plants, which obviously sounds great, but I just know that there's so many people listening to this that probably won't go to such extremes. Well, you know, there's some, some pretty simple stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing in the morning, um, expose yourself to natural daylight. That resets your circadian clock and starts getting it thinking about, okay, it's activity time, um, okay, this is movement time, it's daytime, it's not night inactivity and sleep mode. So movement during the day is good. Keeping rehydrated all the way through the day, believe it or not, one of the reasons we, we have disrupted sleep is because we're super dehydrated as a species. So getting your six to, to eight to ten glasses in a day, really, really important, like massively so, as one of the sort of pillars of wellness. Um, you need your water and you need your sleep, like and oxygen. Those three things are absolutely fundamental. Um, you could go without food, but you cannot go without sleep and water. Um, so remembering that is quite useful. Absolutely. Um, and then it's, it's things like mindfulness practice. Write down your negative thoughts. Um, one of the biggest problems we have is going to bed worrying, ruminating, overthinking, um, even you know, arguing or, or, or having um, any kind of conflict late into the evening. That's not what you want to be doing. Your mind and brain needs to be free from all of that. Um, so some take-homes from the cognitive behavioral um, therapy um, practices that I've um, researched key one is little notebook write down the any negative thoughts um get them out of your head throw it away then write down um three things you're grateful for quite a simple thing but it'll get you to focus on something positive then write down your to-do list done that means that you're, you're going to bed without anything that you're worrying about or you think you might have to remember for the next day it's out of your head really really crucial to, to calm and slow down the brain Music, listening to music, I mean, it's so simple. Everyone's got access to a, a device that can play back music. Um, hence the reason I've created the Sleep Better album, uh, soundscapes to help you fall asleep. Uh, and using this, these, these uh, psychoacoustic techniques, I'm helping slow your body down, getting you to, to breathe slower, the heart rate to come down, cortisol levels reduced, um, blood pressure down, all of that will help kickstart your parasympathetic nervous system, initiate the relaxation response, and you'll feel sleepy. Um, And I've got so many beautiful kind of bits of feedback from people, um, particularly elderly people that have real difficulty sleeping. Um, An ex-night shift worker who was on four to six hours a night for nearly 30 years um, played the album for the first time and had seven and a half hours sleep. So it, he just said it works, which is magic. Oh, so simple things to do. Watching what you eat and what you drink. You know, if you overstimulate your body with too much spicy food during the night time, you're going to raise your, your, uh, your heart rate. Uh, your metabolism is going to go up. Now, I'm a massive um, Asian food fan, particularly Thai food, and I love uh, spi- the, the spices that you get that, that, that mouthgasmic fusion of ingredients from um, a red or a green curry but it's not the best thing to have in the night time it will actually keep your heart going <laughs> so avoiding heart stimulating and arousing spices is is worth doing um, alcohol will relax you initially but then you'll have a moment of, of um, 
getting back into a lighter phase of sleep, which is easier to be disrupted about two to two to three hours after you've fallen asleep. So you have to be careful of that. Drinking coffee, ooh, you want to swerve that after about two or three p.m. because it takes six hours for your body to the half life of coffee to metabolize it is about six hours. So if you're going to bed um, at a particular time, let's say ten in the evening you know you're going to rewind and try not to be drinking coffee after about three or four in the afternoon if you can help it it just won't help you get to sleep um your bedroom environment a good mattress um good quality pillows um keeping it cool now weirdly if your body drops one degree uh, celsius in temperature you have a better chance of sustaining um, and prolonging quality sleep. So keeping the bedroom cool, open the windows for a bit, get that kind of core room temperature down, get your body temperature down. You can have a bath, come out of the bath, and that initial drop of temperature is actually enough to, to make you feel sleepy. Um, there are things like um, aromas you can use. Lavender is a good smell that, that helps um, trigger a, a kind of relaxation response. Um Magnesium supplement, either transdermally um, or a bath of salts, um, vitamin B, GABA, uh, 5-HTP. GABA? A number of <laughs> GAB, uh, not, not, not the, the music. No. <laughs> so that's not going to help anyone, surely. Good Lord. <laughs> yes, it should have. Oh, dear. So, Tom, um, I mean, obviously, you know, you're getting really into your mindfulness and your yoga and all these other wonderful kind of wellness um, angles. But what about what about the yoga thing? Are you are you kind of getting into that these days? Because I've never seen you on the mat, on the white eye. <laughs> no, I certainly do get on the mat. You do? Um, and and in, in relation to um, yoga and sleep, believe it or not, there's an absolutely awesome pose. Mm -hmm. Legs up the wall, the Parita Karani. And it really does calm the mind um, reduces uh, pain from headaches, uh, relieves digestion, um, reduces anxiety and mild depression. It's unbelievable. Um, so all of those things that, that can actually interfere with, uh, with your sleep, um, this will actually trigger your uh, PNS, parasympathetic nervous system. So your heart rate will slow down um, and you will start to, to relax. So who knew? And you've also got lymphatic system, flow, uh, reduction of waste products, it's one of the most powerful uh, yoga poses there are for mm. relaxation and pre-sleep um, practice. I so really there. love doing that actually with a little block just uh, under my just under my lower back. Actually, if you pop it, there just, you go, just exactly. above your bottom, and just sort of raise just that little extra bit so that that kind of blood flow and supply just goes all the way back uh, towards the heart. It is amazing. I have to agree with you there. And also the other thing that we were talking to a lady who does craniosacral. Um, treatments on one of these podcasts her name was uh, Emmanuel Passes and she was sort of saying that it is actually possible to go to sleep whilst still in the um, sympathetic nervous system which I didn't believe was actually possible because she said you know it's obviously best to go to sleep when in the parasympathetic but I didn't even know that you could go to sleep when still kind of firing in the fight or fight or flight. Well, I think there are various micro-sleep states that are still yet to be kind of um, fully uh, unraveled and why we, we um, would choose to be in those states and whether it's um, part of our kind of evolution where 
just being still and not moving, even in a, a, a sense of uh, out of sort of safety and security. I don't know. I'm this conjecture. I'm just thinking about our caveman again. <laughs> I love <laughs> that caveman. To have like a, a micro sleep whilst being tracked down by a, a saber toothed tiger or something. I don't know. I'm going to dream about him tonight. I think I've got a feeling. <laughs> Freddie Flintstone. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tom, for sharing your, uh, your top tips. And Tim, I also wanted to ask you about this um, remedy state um, retreat that you were working on just before the IMS that obviously Ben Turner, the organiser, had put on at a villa near Satellia, I believe. So you were obviously kind of um, getting together some of the uh, the music industry bods and um, giving them a bit of a heads up, I guess, on various different things from not you personally, but meditation, mindfulness, and obviously you were appearing to talk about your sleep science. So how did that how did that go? It was amazing. It was it was a really inspirational uh, few days, um, a real meeting of minds. Everyone was very open to the possibility of, of um, exploring some new techniques, and whether it was uh, uh, for the mind, body, soul. Um, it was about nutrition. It was about movement, breathing, um, psychology, counselling, um, life coaching. Uh, really essential set of uh, intense kind of workshops to get some new mindfulness practice and self-care tools um, going. And um, I think this is really the sort of the, the, the jump off point for um, Ben and Blaze's remedy state to, to really sort of scale out um, as a kind of pre or even a post festival um, bolt on for people that want to have that opportunity to detox, to to um, practice some new techniques, to help them be more productive, um, and better at delivering in the music industry. So very positive, um, a lot of really powerful take homes. It was a you know it was a real joy to be part of it and to have a, a you know a captive audience of people open to some new thinking on health. Um, well-being mindfulness practice mm. oh, fantastic I, you know more retreats in Ibiza uh, can only be a good thing and I guess you know from Ben's position it's kind of encouraging the music industry to take that you know moment to stop and to become more conscious about their kind of behavioral patterns and their awareness around all the stimulation in various different forms and um, taking those moments and learning more about how to wind down is is definitely only going to be a good thing. And I mean, on these podcasts, I don't know if you've listened to any of these other ones, but basically we are kind of giving something back to the island this year through these Reset Rebel podcasts. And everybody that comes onto the show, I didn't actually tell you about this, actually gives something back or offers something up for free that they can give to one of the people that are listening. Or And so we've had people, yoga teachers, giving away free retreat spaces and that kind of thing. Um, so I just I just wondered, you can also say no, <laughs> whether you might be willing to give away a copy of your Sleep Better album to somebody if they... Um, if Absolutely. They... Well, I'd be delighted to. Um, that would be great. For, for all the listeners, I'm very happy to share my top 10 um, pillars of sleep wellness, mm-hmm. um, a little simple take-home guide uh, in the form of a PDF that you can, you can basically um, have all of that, those really easy practical, relatable um, techniques for things that you can try out to improve your own sleep quality. Great. And where do we get your Sleep Better album? I did just look on Spotify, but I don't think it's there. Am I wrong? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's um, 
that would be a shock if it's not on there. Well, it's 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 a compilation, is it? Or oh, it's there. No, um, it's a compilation. When I tap in "Sleep Better," up comes the app. words "Sleep Better" and my name, and you'll find it. That's where I'm going wrong. I didn't put your name in. <laughs> um, middle. Oh, there it is. Okay, fine. Yeah, brilliant. So you, stream oh, it. Wow. Um, you can That's get cool. it uh, iTunes. You can download it. There's a CD. Uh, there's an app as well, platform. And with the mm. app, what I've done is I, um, with the, uh, the developer, we built in a virtual sunset that only uses red, orange spectrum light. So it doesn't disrupt your uh, melatonin secretion. Uh, and effectively, you can use that to basically put on whilst you're listening to the music, it will fade down after 20 minutes, like a sunset, to complete um, uh, black, uh, no light at all, and it will switch off your screen, so it deactivates it completely, um, which is a little innovation that I came up with for you know, the fact that pretty much 80% of planet Earth sleeps with their phone now. Yes, that's very uh, not true. Not partner. No? Well, yeah. <laughs> Who needs a partner when you've got your phone? <laughs> Oh, hilarious. Okay, cool. Uh, no, so that's great to know that that album exists there and it's easily accessible for, for everyone. But obviously I can send that out. If anyone wants to email us at just the good news, please at gmail.com. We can send out that PDF that you've mentioned and, um, and steer them to the link for the record itself, which is great. How very brilliant and sort of, um, yeah, different that your path has kind of evolved in terms of creating music for sleep rather than the the stuff that you used to make. Do you kind of miss making that music? Were you still doing it or? Oh, I'm still doing it. Believe oh. me. I'm, I, I still wear, wear quite a few hats. So um, I'm a, a sound architect and psychoacoustics research and developer, um, working with um, academics on various different products for basically soundscapes to optimize your life. So whether it's um, helping you sleep, helping you get to work, helping you with your fitness and wellness and yoga, helping you... Um, chill out after an evening um you know whatever the need is i'm looking at an optimal soundscape for that at the moment well fascinating we should definitely have a chat about that when uh, when this interview is over because i'd love to talk to you about yeah music for yoga i mean i don't tem tend to use sort of like the traditional forms of um music for my yoga classes but um yeah we'll have a little chat about that at some point in the future i'd love to love to talk more but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about the science of sleep and i um, really really grateful we finally managed to get a connection um and um and have this little catch up and obviously it's been brewing since um the start of last month when we were at the ims so it's really great Indeed. to have you it was so much fun to do your workshop as well that you got everybody out of their chairs and we started sort of <laughs> raving in the aisles and, uh, well, it had to be done. I mean, you know, if everyone halfway through an afternoon, everyone uh, gets a kind of a, a dip anyway in their, their yeah. circadian routine. So it was a perfect opportunity to, to utilize some of my energy manipulation skills <laughs> and breathing movement, get people pogoing for five minutes to get them to wake up and listen. Yeah, um, it works. If anyone wants any further information, there's sleepbettersounds.com. Um, it's also Instagram's good because there's lots of nice little slides and, and nuggets of, of facts and inspiration. So Sleep Better Sounds is the is the website, Instagram platform. Um, lots of good take-homes on that. I, I, I repost it on my own Tom Middleton Music um, Instagram page uh, and Facebook and Twitter as well. But um, Sleep, Sleep Better Sounds is a good place to go for instant knowledge. 
Well, what would be your, what's your top track for sleep? Because we're going to, you're going to hopefully send me one after uh, this interview ends and I will tag it onto the end of the podcast so that someone, um, yeah, can have a little sampleage of uh, what's on offer on the full album. What are we going to finish okay, with? Okay, well, um, my like favourite is probably um, Drift or Dream from the Sleep Better album because at that point you really are in, in, in uh, floating in the ether. It's a, they're both beautiful tracks. I mean, deliberately, I wanted to make these absolutely, you know, astonishingly beautiful, floaty, ethereal. Um, th- there's no real sense of, of um, rhythm um, or, or even kind of melody or harmony. It's like a, a sensation, hence the name Drift. Mm. Um, Drift and Dream are my favourites. Dream is, um, is really powerful. So you can almost hear the track breathing in a way. What a way to finish. The Reset Rebel podcast. Tom Middleton, thank you so much for joining us here on on the show. Pleasure. Sleep well. Sleep better. (laughs) We will. Thanks to you. So as we leave you at the end of today's show, drifting uh, and floating and dreaming away uh, on this uh, track from the Sleep Better album uh, from Tom's record. Um, We are just going to remind you that uh, the point of this podcast is to obviously highlight people that have reset themselves uh, and their lives through wellness. And we are giving away something uh, for free on each and every podcast uh, of this series. So do email us if you want to get in touch and um, grab a copy of that PDF that Tom very kindly uh, said that he would... um, let us pass on to those people wanting a copy uh, to find out the top tips to sleep better. Uh, and we also have many other gifts to give away um, on the resetrebel.com website. So do go and check that out for many, many different gifts, treatments, therapies, sessions, dinners, and tickets to um, the World Unplugged gig, which is actually happening next week. Um, at La Grania um, and we've got Justin Manville who was on a previous podcast giving away two free tickets so if you do want to go to that next week and reset yourself through music enter a new headspace de-stressed unplug let go um, and enjoy a beautiful evening of music do email us on just the good news please and also that retreat that I mentioned in October from the 6th to the 13th um, the yoga and cycling where we will also be taking in a little trip to DC 10 closing party um, to fully reset on the dance floor um, there will be a free space available on that where we'll be meditating in the morning um, doing some nice flow yoga to warm up the body um, for a day on two wheels um, and also staying at a stunning house up in the, in the north in San Miguel. So if you feel like that's something that you or a family member may need or, or a loved one or a friend who's stressed out, exhausted, burned out, can't afford um, to enroll on a yoga retreat in Ibiza like many, many people who really do need to be coming on one of these events, um, then do get in touch with us. That's what we're here for on Just The Good news please at gmail.com and come and follow us on instagram where we're also giving away some of these prizes um that is at the reset rebel on instagram thanks so much for listening to today's show on sleep science uh, a very big thank you again to mr tom middleton our sleep science coach uh, we'll see you next week <laughs>